Hello and welcome to the Video Game Flashback Podcast. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awijan. Video Game Flashback is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps, at least most of the major ones. I thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is an incredible pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. As this time around, this is a big one. And of course, you already saw the title of the episode. But as I'm recording it, the excitement is very much alive. The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past for the Super Nintendo. I guess now that we've gotten through the single digits and now we're in double-digit episodes, might as well uh, get to the next level here to the Super Nintendo. And, of course, something as big and epic as Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past. Holy cow. Well, it certainly wasn't a uh, launch title. It wasn't one of those. In Japan, it came out on November 21st, 1991, heading into the Christmas or holiday season. In North America, it came out April 13th. Whoa, (laughs) good luck, right? Well, a day before my, at the time, my cat's uh, third birthday. So, no, it'd be a second birthday. What am I saying? Yeah, (laughs) born in 1990, April 14th. And then in uh, Europe, the European Union or whatever the heck you call it, September 24th, 1992. So, uh, they're all kind of, you know, that's about standard, I guess you could kind of say. Developers, Nintendo EAD, publisher Nintendo, director... Takashi Tezuka and producer Shigeru Miyamoto. That's one of the ultimate uh, producers out there, I'd have to say. Uh, way, way at the top, Miyamoto. Yep, Miyamoto. Programmers. <clears throat> Programmers. Let's go. Uh, Yasunari Sojima. Uh, Tosh- Toshihiku Nagako. And then artists. Yep, the artist, absolutely. Masanao. Aramoto, uh, Tsuyoshi, wanna <laughs> Watanabe, almost like it almost looks like wannabe, right? Like Joey, you're a wannabe, right? <laughs> Writer Kensuke Tanobe and composer Koji Kondo. Uh, series Legend of Zelda, platform Super Nintendo, blah 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 blah. Action adventure, single player. So like an action RPG, action adventure, however you want to call it. Obviously, uh, back to the bird's eye view, like Legend of Zelda, the original. We'll definitely do a review on that one. There is no doubt about that for the NES. You think you think that's coming? Yeah, I think so too. Zelda 2, of course, is coming. Uh, this, at the time, some of us thought it was Zelda 3, but there never officially was a Zelda 3. I guess there's some kind of like uh, homebrews out there that are like similar, and it's like an NES game, or maybe they made something out there, but we'll talk about that maybe someday. I'm sure we'll do some homebrews on this show. Like, why the heck not? Like a shovel knight or something? I don't know. I'm certainly not guaranteeing it, so don't pine for that idea to happen. No, not a guarantee at all. And this is yet another of the great Christmas presents uh, in the early 90s in this case. That was 92 into 93. A very, very memorable time. Uh, Soundtrack of this game, insane. I did get this with the Super Nintendo. Um, My parents were insanely generous 
at the time. Call me, call me and my brother spoiled, I guess. Um, my brother got a Sega CD. I think he helped pay because that was super expensive, if I remember correctly. And I remember just being in awe, like, oh, wow. Look at the Sega CD compared to the Super Nintendo. Uh, Andy helped me hook up my second place game system. Little did we know, history would prove completely the opposite. Sega CD had some phenomenal games, and I'd love to review Lunar the Silver uh, Star. Not the Silver Star story. Maybe I will to rip it to pieces for the PlayStation someday. Either one would be a massive review, just kind of like, this one's probably going to be pretty big. Um, but the Sega CD obviously didn't do so well because the technology at the time, the whole full motion video nonsense, wasn't, it was, the technology was just too early, circa 92, 93-ish, so it didn't do all so hot until the PlayStation era. And, of course, discs get damaged very easily, and that system was damaged also very easily. Always just issues... And they came out with other editions that were rare and way too expensive and took only one special kind of, uh, yeah, that would be the CDX, took only a special kind of AC adapter, which is freaking stupid. So if you didn't get it off of eBay with it, which, again, why wouldn't you have the AC adapter, you stupid sons of biscuits? I'm not bitter about that at all. But then you're screwed. You'll never find it, ever. You'll never find it because there was a, a retro Sega... Uh, webpage once upon a time oh but uh sorry we don't do that anymore you jerks and that was just a few years later sorry i went off on a different rant but yeah that kind of triggered things um at the time that christmas where uh, my brother got the sega cd and i got the super nintendo i mean insanely generous i don't know <laughs> it's like i feel remorse for my parents uh, for that and my goodness that is insane generosity when you think about it usually you think you'd be lucky one game system but, of course, my, my brother was just getting started with the lawn service, so, of course, he, uh, you know, was starting to pay for his own stuff at the time. This is, again, he was, what, how old was he? Around, about 14 years old around that time. So, yeah, just kind of starting to work a bit. So, he's like, yeah, I'm going to spend my money on games, dang it. <laughs> and, of course, that's what young teenagers would do quite often. What a game, what a game, what a game. Uh, you'll hear a lot of the similar uh, Legend of Zelda the original music, of course, you're going to hear a lot of that. The overworld music, the dungeons music is, of course, unique to the game. Um, but again, of awesome memories. Uh, you have the World Blade attack. You charge it up, which was uh, new at the time. And, of course, that also joined into Legend of Zelda uh, Link's Awakening, which will absolutely be a game review. My God, do I have some wonderful, wonderful memories of that game. I could probably do the game review for Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening blindfolded. I probably could because I played through it so many times and it's actually still my favorite Legend of Zelda. It still is. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> the Link's Awakening is my all-time favorite. This one, it took me a little while to, to love it as much for some reason, even though clearly it was the most superior of the group, of the four at the time. Like, 93, again, is when uh, Link's Awakening came out, built on the same, like, style as A Link to the Past. And it's actually a sequel to A Link to the Past. That's another thing when you get to The Legend of Zelda, the timelines and all that. It gets insanely confusing. And I will say this right here, right now. I'm not going to review the N64 ones. At least I don't think so. Maybe someday I'll come around to it and I'll finally like get my, get my head out of somewhere. But I just, I, I don't know. I, I just wasn't a huge fan of N64 in general. Now, the Zelda games were very, 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 very good, so I'll be fair about that. But at the same time, you know, it got insanely frustrating. Um, it's believed, if I remember correctly, at the time, this was actually before The Legend of Zelda 1, uh, Link's, uh, A Link to the Past, and then Link's Awakening was a direct sequel, like after he had defeated Ganon, him being Link, 
or link this, link that, had become a, uh, or yeah, he was out on a ship and everything, and we'll talk about that one when the time comes. Whereas this, of course, is like, I guess, earlier than that. There's all different kinds of uh, different groups here. Yeah, so like, yeah, like Ocarina of Time was definitely before everything and all that. And yeah, Oracle of Seasons and Ages apparently is technically before Link's Awakening. Wrap your head around that one. So yeah, there's different kinds of, uh, yeah, different kind, different different uh, areas of, uh, yeah, that's weird. Different areas of the storyline and such. I don't know why they're not showing like the original Zelda. That's kind of weird. So yeah, it started with Skyward Sword, Minish Cap, Four Swords, Ocarina of Time again, and that's the one that could change things. The hero's defeated, and that leads to, yeah, the the Stealing War or whatever, the Seven Wise Men Stealing Ganon, Link to the Past, Oracle of Seasons, Link's Awakening. So very, very interesting. So I suppose then after that would be Zelda 1. Yeah, because it says the Triforce and all that. And yeah, so that must be the case. Yep, Legend of Zelda, that's what I thought. And then the Adventure of Link. That's actually the probably the latest of all. But that's in the one where the hero in Ocarina of Time would be defeated, apparently. So, yeah. And then if the hero is successful, Majora's Mask. Eh, not a big fan. Twilight Princess, Four Swords Plus Hyrule Adventure. Okay. And another version of Hero Successful, the hero of Wind and a New Word, uh, the Wind Waker, and Phantom Hourglass, New Continent Discovered. Spirit Tracks. This is, of course, according to Idramax. Uh, uh, okay, so some of you have probably heard of it. Some of you gamers out there that are into all these uh, websites and such. Interesting, interesting. So, yep. And I figured this one would be connected to Zelda 1 and Zelda 2. So Zelda 2 is pretty much the latest of all. And, uh, yep, Ganon's revival prevented. So, yes, this is where you deal with Ganon uh, after the Ocarina of Time. And I, I did figure the Ocarina of Time was further in the past. Not too surprised with that. So, had to get into the timeline a bit when we're talking about Zelda. Unfortunately, we're kind of pretty much bound to that. So, I had to cite my source there, because I'm no genius on the Zelda timeline, but uh, I, I had a feeling like this one's definitely before Zelda 1 and Zelda 2. So, that's definitely a major thing. Zelda 2, uh, Link's Awakening, or Link's Awakening, the adventure of Link, maybe? Maybe? Kind of like Castlevania in terms of like preventing Castlevania 2 uh, preventing Dracula to come back, basically. Or, well, you you bring him back just to finish him off, because to, to end the curse or whatever. It's kind of weird um, to cure yourself of the curse. That's Simon. Of course, that'll be a game we'll review eventually, maybe in the fall. We'll see. Um, so, yep, Castlevania 1, blah, 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 blah. So, there I go again, off into all these other classic Nintendo games out there. So, yep, that's what Zelda 2 is kind of like. And then this one, again, is a timeline actually before all of that. It's kind of like, you could say, like Link's ancestor in Zelda 1 and 2. Zelda 1 and 2 is the same Link as well, of course. And Zelda 2 is a platforming style, side-scrolling platformer, where these are the bird's-eye view, action RPG, action adventure, whatever you'd like to call it. So, <laughs> with a lot of that kind of brought up now and said and put together, let's uh, talk about the storyline and then ultimately get into the game after that.
So when you start off the game, you get the lines of long ago in the beautiful kingdom of Hyrule, surrounded by mountains and forests. <laughs> As again, we wait. Legend, legends told of an omnipotent and omniscient golden power that resided in a hidden land. The golden land, right? Yep, and that would be the Triforce, of course. Again, I'm just kind of waiting for this. <clears throat> Many people aggressively sought to enter the hidden golden land, and that's what it was. But no one ever returned. One day, evil power began to flow from the Golden Land. So the king commanded seven wise men to seal the gate to the land of the Golden Power. That seal should have remained for all time. But of course it didn't, right? Welcome to video games. <laughs> yep. But when these events were obscured by the mists of time and became legend... So this must have been way, way back. Yeah, and of course, that would be probably in those uh, earlier games. Yep. That would be back in those earlier games, of course. Back, back, back. Yep. <laughs> then, of course, yep, a mysterious wizard known as Agnem came to, <laughs> came to Hyrule to release the seal. He eliminated the good king of Hyrule. Yep, and you see uh, some of the, the descendants of the wise men pushed away the seven maidens. And then, of course, yep, through evil magic, he began to make descendants of the seven wise men vanish. One after another. Yep, very sad. Very sad. Unfortunately, that wizard has a secret identity, and you'll find out at the end of the game who he truly is. And surprise, surprise. Yeah, yeah it'll be a huge surprise, right? So basically, he would steal them away into now the dark land. Yep, and the time of destiny for Princess Zelda is drawing near. And that's, yep, you see the wizard locking her up in a cell. But luckily, fairly early in the game, you, the young Link, go and rec uh, rescue her. But, um, yeah, and then she gets recaptured again by the wizard. Again, we have a pretty good idea who the wizard is. But, yeah, <laughs> nudge, nudge, and most of you that have played it already know. Of course, it's getting they're getting sealed in the what was the Golden Land, which had become the Dark Land, thanks to that wizard being a bad, bad boy. And we all kind of know who he is. I think everybody knew already anyway. With that said, it's time to get started. Let's get your name put in there and Kablinga Bloom. Start playing Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Very similarly, you start off with three hearts, and then your Link basically laying in bed in the middle of the night to a telepathic voice saying, Help me. Please help me. I am a prisoner in the dungeon of my castle. My name is Zelda. Really? The wizard Ag Aganim, yeah, I'm finally saying it correctly, has done, <laughs> has done something to the other missing girls. Now only I remain. Ag Aganim has <laughs> seized control of the castle and is now trying to open the Seven Wise Men's seal. I'm in the dungeon of the castle. Please help me. Well, of course I will, sweetheart. And then your uncle says, Link, I'm going out for a while. I'll be back in the morning. Don't leave the house. So basically, your uncle's trying to do the same thing as uncles might. Maybe he's out there trying to be the quarterback of the... He's pretending, oh yeah, he was a high school quarterback or something, kind of like in uh, Napoleon Dynamite. 
Yep, trying to throw the ball. So the first thing you get is the lamp. You don't even have a sword yet. You just get the lamp. So, well, at least you can see your way through dark rooms. And it has two purposes, of course. The lamp, just having it in general, uh, provides like a little light walking forward around in the dark uh, dungeons and such. But it also can light up uh, when you equip it, so to speak. So obviously you press, go to the subscreen by pressing start, press the Y button, and it'll select that item. And of course your other item is your sword. And then shields are basically automatic, but you have to be facing whoever the bad guy is to, uh, you know, protect yourself as long as the shield is strong enough. You get the, the regular shield, which pretty much protects you from rocks and arrows. The bigger one, which can protect you from fire to go along with that. And then the strongest one, the mirror one, which can protect you from all the above, including lasers, much later in the game. First off, you're Link basically walking around in a thunderstorm. And most paths are blocked by soldiers with massive shields saying, where are you going? What are you doing out this late? Go back to bed, you little schmuck. So, no, I'm not going back to bed. I'm a naughty boy. Where'd my uncle go? No, I actually heard a telepathic voice from a princess, and I have a chance to be a hero. Help me, I'm in the dungeon of the castle, she continues. I know there's a hidden path from the outside of the castle to the garden inside. I rarely see that one because I usually know exactly where to go. Basically, you go up a couple screens to kind of the castle area. The drawbridge and all that, you know, the moat and all that. Soldier with a massive shield in the way said, Hey, get out of here. Go home, you son of a gun. And then you walk on the, the right side, kind of like a sidewalk type of thingy. Keep going, keep going, keep going until you get to a group of bushes. Or actually, yeah, there's bushes, but then there's one where there's a bush in the middle of like a circle. Gee, make it more obvious. Pick it up by pressing the A button, fall down in there, and now you're in the base may, as my dad would call it. A dark, dark place. And there's your uncle kind of like laying down like, okay, I got my butt kicked. And he says, uh, Link, I didn't want you involved in this. Okay, well, all right, take my sword and shield and, and listen. You can focus your power on the blade, hold the B button. That's that uh, whirl, whirl attack. It has been that's a secret technique handed down by our people. Link, you can do it. Save the princess. Zelda is your dot, dot, dot. So he's your dest she's your destiny. She's your future wife. I have no idea. But now I have a sword and a little shield. And then you get the weakest soldiers to open up the game with little knives, basically. And you can still get hurt because they can just, if they walk into you, they just kind of charge. And there's your first uh, look at a possible... Uh, way to light the candle but for some stinking reason even the lamp is a magical item why i don't know but it is that's just the rules of the game you'll see this meter next to the lamp is completely empty but you open you pull up the little uh, pots next to it this is the first game where you can pick up stuff and Le legend of zelda uh most of the zeldas from the rest of the time basically you could pick up and throw things pick up the pot and you see these tiny little blue green jars that's magic so now you notice there's some green. So now you could light the room with the lamp if you want to. I'll do it for the hell of it. And it lights up the room. Um, later on in the game, that'll become an extremely irritating <laughs> aspect at times. It provides some of the biggest frustration of the game. Now you're outside again, but in an, in an area that's accessible to get in the castle. Again, a bunch of soldiers with dinky little knives instead of big shields. Then you see your first soldier with a sword. Again, you just kind of swing around at him. Or you could leave it out and poke him until he's no no more. It's up to you what you want to do. Uh, some soldiers drop hearts, of course. They restore a full heart uh, and all that, so it's always nice. Again, you start off with a green tunic or whatever they call it. That's the weakest armor you got. Just like the weakest sword and the weakest shield, but what do you expect? It's the beginning of the game. Settle down. Don't be rushing. Of course, uh, don't be rushing anyway. 
<laughs> Russian. <laughs> and of course, rupees are the currency, just like in Zelda uh, 1, not Zelda 2. Zelda 2, I don't think you really buy anything in that game, do you? You don't. <laughs> so this one's a lot more like Zelda 1. Some people even thought it was a remake, but it's not. It's a prequel. Back in the day, you go inside the castle and swing away, whirl around. Nothing too complicated. And you don't necessarily need me as a guide on where to go. So I'll probably stop saying some of that. But you just kind of kind of basically work your way north into the actual castle and fight away. But the music inside is obviously a lot of fun. Makes you feel like a hero, doesn't it? Oh, that dramatic music. Dun, 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 dun. But that's, you know, that's <laughs> that's what you are, right? You're the young guy going against all these soldiers. Like, so realistic, right? And then you get up to the back. You look at the wall. Like, that looks suspicious. You know, with a throne room, so to speak. And then, yeah, it's a secret passageway. But you can't do anything yet. You need somebody with you to push it. Two people. So, can't do anything there yet. Guess I just went there for the heck of it. Out of odd memories and such. So the throne room won't do you a whole lot of good at the moment. Unfortunately, there is no king or queen at the moment. Though uh, much later in the game, the king returns by some miracle. Uh, so basically, the best idea now is to work your way into the left areas. If you understand my drift, because <laughs> I don't need to be too descriptive and be too boring here. But again, similar type of thing where you battle soldiers. And of course, the green ones... The green ones, the blue ones, and the red ones. The red ones are the strongest. Blue ones are in the middle, and green are the weakest. It's a similar type of thing with uh, defense and such, like uh, Link. You can go back outside, which, well, all it does is take you to where, technically, this would be This would be after you beat the first three levels. You have the, uh, ma uh, the Master Sword that can penetrate through this magic seal that's blocking the door. That leads to the wizard Ag Agahim. <laughs> Agnim, sorry. Um, but right now you can't do it, so that's obviously later on when you fight him for the first time. You fight him twice in the game, and then ultimately the real identity of who he is. Yeah, is the final boss. Do you, do, you, do you already know who it is? You already know? I think you know. But again, you just kind of work your way deeper into the castle. Follow the red carpet, baby. That's pretty much the best thing to do when you go into the left. Yeah, you're just going to keep following the carpet and keep going. And don't get hit by stupid soldiers with knives like I tend to do sometimes because I'm just kind of, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll get better as I get further in the game. It's just kind of, you're kind of rusty, you haven't played it in a while, 
I tend to play this every year around January. Like I said, I'm weird. I'm a weird guy, okay? You go down the stairs, of course, you're going to... She said downstairs like 100,000 times, so it might make sense to go downstairs, right? It might. And then you get your first key in the game, ever. Oh, nope, that's a map. You get the map, which is always helpful, too. The soldier has the key. Yes, there we go. <laughs> and that's so you can get into locked doors. Imagine that. Much later on, you'll have a... Well, not much later, but into the next levels and such, you'll have a master key and the big keyhole. Yeah, that'll be a, literally how you get to the final boss in every level at the end of the day. As you get further in the castle, you can first learn you can kind of jump off the ledges because there's kind of two levels in each... Well, not in each room, but you can have up, you can have two levels, like a lower level and upper level with the ladders going up and down. Uh, yep, you can jump off. And then, of course, you can also fall into the pits, which is really annoying. You'll take damage, and you get back to the beginning of the screen, which later in the game can be an extreme handicap and can drive you freaking crazy. And it can kill you, too, depending on how low your power is. So that is your thing of note there, of course. The good thing is you can also push, you know, by with your sword or whatever, you know, when you hit them, you deflect them backwards because enemies tend to deflect off of your sword because you're so strong. And I guess it would happen in real life, too. They can fall into the pit and disappear for now, anyway, until you leave the room and they respond, potentially, if they do respond, depending on where you are in the game. And I think I will put the sound on the TV sometimes as I'm playing, because why the heck not? It makes you kind of enjoy what you're hearing sometimes. But this is the kind of game you kind of want to hear it. Yep. And you get, eventually, as you get further in and further in and get to the this little right room by itself, you get your first boomerang, the blue, 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 blue boomerang. You can get the magical boomerang later on in the Waterfall of Wishing. We'll talk about that when the time comes. So now you finally have another uh, Y button item. <laughs> well, why do I need a Y button item? Because it helps. Oh, uh, got another key out of the treasure chest. Go through the door. Blah, blah, blah. Just kind of follow the path as you go. And bangity, bangity. <laughs> It's fun stuff. So, yep, you keep going further and further down. If you follow the pathway. And this is the uh, little dungeon area where Legend of Zelda... Well, Legend of Zelda, where young Zelda is waiting for young Link. Link of the power eye of the mind. Dumb move on my part, opening some of these... Uh, see, some of the pots there have hearts underneath. I would battle the uh, Morning Star soldier first. Because you're probably going to get hit at least once. Unless your timing is real good. Which, usually mine is okay. Best way to get rid of him is to hit him once and walk away out of the range of his morning star and bobbity blah it's rinse and repeat don't be impatient and you'll be fine being impatient is the death of you in video games and there's your first actual master key it's a big key master key whatever the heck you call it that's the only the only purpose of this one is to open uh, zelda's door basically and hello young young lady thank you link i had a feeling you were coming Link, listen carefully. The wizard is magically controlling all the soldiers in the castle. I fear the worst for my father. The wizard is an inhuman fiend with strong magical powers. I'm sure he is. Do you understand? Nope. And if you do that, you'll just hear the same thing again. So, yes, I understand. All right. Let's get out of here before the wizard notices. And notice another thing. I swear it's a Mandela effect because I didn't see this in the past all right, two separate words. I always thought it was A with one L and then the word right all in one word. Here they separate it. A-L-L-R-I-G-H-T. So I don't know. I think it's a Mandela effect, but maybe I'm crazy because I never noticed that in the past when I was younger. Maybe I'm nuts, but I'm different. Um, she says, I know a secret past, but first we have to, uh, secret path, but first we have to go to the first floor. Let's go. And yes, that's the throne room and all that. And we're just going to, Go back there very quickly. 
And luckily I didn't get hit once by Old Morning Star. So that's a good thing. And for the sake of time, I've uh, definitely, <laughs> I've just got us back there already. So, because I don't want to just, yeah, like, <laughs> this show would be way too long if I was to just say, oh, you know, drag us all the way back. So yes, you, together with Zelda, can now push the uh, door open, basically, the secret passage behind the throne room. You just push, basically, on that interesting-looking uh, artifact in the back. And this is when you first start using the lamp more often. In fact, this is the whole purpose of the lamp, anyway, is in the sewers. You see little rats and such. Uh, the lighting isn't crucial here, but it certainly helps to light the little, uh, you know, fire pits or whatever you call those things. Um, lamps or whatever. You light the lamp, which is the cutest thing ever. So, oh, there's rats in the castle. Ugh, right? But this is an area that probably hasn't been ac accessed by humans very often. It's literally a secret uh, passageway to the sanctuary, which is kind of cool. So, again, you continue through. In the sewers, you still hear that dramatic castle music because you're such a great hero. And then you get to see those ropes or whatever, or snakes, like in Zelda 1. I'm actually getting killed by them. Isn't that the darndest thing? Because I'm halfway paying attention. So, my apologies. <laughs> Might want to not kill myself here. Unfortunately, this is usually where it's easier to die because, you know, you don't have much hearts. You don't have a whole lot of stamina at this stage in the game. So, that can be a definite uh, handicap going forward. Keys or bats or whatever. How about just bats? Bats and snakes instead of keys and rope. But that's what they called it in uh, Zelda 1 anyway. But I'm sure they kind of continue to maintain their names. In fact, these might be ancestors of some of the guys you're going to fight in Zelda 1. So let them live so you can fight them or prevent that. Again, you're getting closer and closer to the sanctuary, which is great. And sometimes it's not even worth fighting. You just go through it's not a big deal, but if you want, maybe you can build up a rupee or two, or you want to maybe get lucky with a heart or a magic freaking uh, bottle. Ugh. Throwing, <laughs> throwing pots at the rats doesn't seem to help because they're closer to the ground, which is annoying because you're not really thinking about stuff that's close to the ground when, you know, your area of vision is kind of limited in a bird's eye view type of game. But, yeah, this is where, again, lighting the room can help a bit, so you know where the devil you're going at times. Yeah, luckily you have enough magic built up uh, by picking up the uh, pots, or at least I hope you do, during the course of time. Pardon me. I'll probably get the flame down a bit. Don't want to make the show sound too crappy. But, yeah, see, right now, a lot of times, again, when you don't have a key at the moment, more than likely one of the monsters in the room does, uh, more than likely, or you need to light all the lamps. The last rat had the key in this room. Again, we're almost at the end of the freaking stewards. So that's always a good thing. <laughs> always a good thing, right? Uh, you see a bombable wall. Cracked wall, that generally means bombable. And of course, I'll turn the volume up for this part. Because you want to hear this. So of course, this is what it sounds like when you know the wall is breakable. Versus this. I hope you could hear that, but maybe, maybe not. Hope I turned it up enough, but uh, yeah, you don't have bombs yet, and I don't. Sometimes you get bombs here, sometimes you don't. When you kill the uh, rats and bats, hey, that that rhymed. No, it kind of did. The rats and the bats. Usually you just get hearts and rupees. I have 53 rupees already. Ooh, I could buy something. Not much. Uh, the green rupees are one dollar or one rupee. Blue rupees are five, and the reds are 20. 20 rupees. Oh yeah, it's like a twenty dollar bill, right? It's a $20 rupee, anyway. It's a red rupee. Not ruby, but rupee. <laughs> It'd be cool if such a thing existed. 
It almost sounds like Russia. Rubles. You know, like rubles. Russia is the legend of Zelda, right? It's the legend of Zelda. It's a great game. I like the legend of Zelda. Zelda. The legend of Zelda. I did the wrong accent. I apologize. Now I'm doing the correct one. Very simple place here. You get to the end. You get two things to pull out of the wall. Don't pull the left one. Or don't pull the right one. Pull the left one. Or so I hope. If you pull the wrong one, you get a lot of rats coming down. Pull the right one. You open the door. Yes. And then the, you're inside the sanctuary. With really nice music, actually. Enjoy. Now we get to hear what the uh, <laughs> what the uh, the man in the sanctuary says. You could say he's the pastor or the priest or whatever says to uh, you as you come in with Zelda. I sense that a mighty evil force guides the wizard's actions. That'd be that'd be <coughs> Ganon. There, I said it. Spoiler alert: It's Ganon. Yep. Okay. Sorry, I, I ruined the game. Sorry, and augments his magical power. The only weapon potent enough to defeat the wizard is the legendary Master Sword. Yep, the current sword you have ain't going to do diddly. But of course, the regular Master Sword wouldn't be real strong either. We'll talk about the uh, levels up later on as we progress in the game. <clears throat> it is said that the village elder is a descendant of one of the seven wise men. Maybe he can tell you more. I will mark his house on your map, but, be, but watch your every move. I am certain that the castle soldiers will be looking for you now. Yeah, because, oh, yeah, because then they, they frame Link saying that he kidnapped Zelda, which is not true. They kidnapped Zelda. <laughs> but then, yeah, it's pretty stupid. I will hide Princess Zelda here. Do not worry. Seek the Elder. Do you understand? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So, again, that's pretty much where we're at now. In the treasure chest right there, you get your first heart container in the game, and it makes sense because you actually beat a level. It wasn't the hardest level in the world, but you could die if you're not paying attention with all those uh, snakes and bats moving around with only three hearts to uh, have as your stamina and all that. So pretty tough. You talk to Zelda. She says, Link, be careful out there. I know you can save Hyrule. I would like to believe that as well. Yep. So er early in the game, you get people marking your map. And when you get out in the overworld, you can finally hear the classic Legend of Zelda music for the first time in this game in all its glory. But like I said, uh, they, they mark everything on the map. To get there, you just press X. You press X twice. You press X one time, you can have kind of close-ups of everything and move around with your D-pad. Otherwise, yeah, uh, press it twice. You get more of a like a smaller version of the map where it's like a, you know, the whole screen 
fits the whole map fits on your screen and you can see the x which is to your basically your southwest a bit not too far and that's that village we're going to get to for the first time yep in the early stages of the game they do this for you because it's kind of like you're a beginner at the game right now you're just kind of getting comfortable playing the super nintendo and hearing that uh, overworld music in all of its glory you even get to hear village music for the first time in a zelda game cool So there it is, that classic uh, Zelda theme song on the overworld in Super Nintendo glory. So an up 16-bit version of it now. And then we'll eventually head towards the village. Of course, you can use the map to kind of get yourself there. It's pretty simple. Just press the X button, and you can press the... Uh, I believe it's X again. I keep pressing the... Yeah, it's X again. I started pressing A for some reason. Nope. Press X again, and, you know, to make it like a like different version of the map, basically, like further away. There's a little fortune teller hut and all that. You know, you can actually uh, go there to heal, too. So when you ask for a hint, you pay a couple bucks, but you also get to heal as well. You get to the place where there is a cross, a cross on the person's uh, house. With the older lady there, I don't know if that's his wife or whatever, the elder. She says, who? Uh, who? Oh, it's you, Link. What can I do for you, young man? The elder? Oh, no one has seen him since the wizard began collecting victims. What? Master Sword? Well, I don't remember the details exactly, but... Long ago, a prosperous people known as the Hylia inhabited this land. Legends tell of many treasures that the Hylia hid throughout the land. The Master Sword, a mighty blade forged against those with evil hearts, is one of them. <laughs> people say that now it is sleeping deep in the forest. Do you understand the legend? Of course. Yeah, anyway, look for the elder. There's someone else to know. So yeah, so she gives you some hints, but uh, then there's someone else in the village that will tell you. I believe it's a young boy. So obviously just kind of look around and also you'll notice a sign that says wanted uh, the boy who uh, the, the boy who kidnapped Zelda or whatever you know uh, call a soldier if you see him so there's at least uh, at least one or two people in the village you know ladies that will tell you basically like um, <laughs> you know they'll call for a soldier it's not an easy or it's not a complicated fight it's just kind of goofy. Um, there's also someone that sells bottles in the village, and I recommend that insanely much. Unfortunately, at this stage, I have um, a 95, so I'll get a couple more bucks and buy it. The bottle is extremely, extremely necessary for medicine, obviously, and we'll talk about all the four different locations. This is the location of the first bottle, so we'll kind of go through that as we go through the game. And while I'm babbling around, I might as well say there's another way to make a couple rupees as well. Just if you need only like five rupees like I do for the bottle, you can hack away at some of the bushes and such in the village, of course. You probably noticed that earlier when you first got the sword, but yeah. Um, you can hack away at bushes. You can get hearts and rupees. Usually it's just single pieces of a rupee, you know. So occasionally you'll run into a bee, which actually can be caught with a uh, uh, bug catching net. That's also in this village. You can also keep in a bottle to have it attack soldiers or whatever. Uh, you find the little boy that says, Hi, Link, Elder, you're talking about the grandpa? Okay, but don't tell anybody about this. And he'll mark it on the map. So that's another cool thing. And that's way on the other side. Obviously, the village is off in the west of the map. 
and the elder is kind of in what's looking like kind of a hilly area not quite the mountain range but the hilly area way off in the east east almost northeast-ish but east much more than northeast you can also get into goofy little habits like hacking at chickens and such and if you hack away at them enough with your sword eventually a bunch of chickens will come and attack you um so that's always interesting and entertaining as well yeah and then there's a little there's another boy that can run real fast you can only catch him once you get the pegasus boots but you haven't quite reached that yet uh one of the houses again has a kid laying in bed that's not feeling good and he will give you the bug catching that so obviously recommend that as well important item he says he caught a cold from like the storm and the uh the map so the first one yeah you have to actually apparently get the uh <laughs> you have to get the the bottle first before you can even get the bud catching net so better get those rupees before i get too excited about that so of course the bug catching net once you finally get it <laughs> mercifully <laughs> the bottle and then the net um it can also be used to catch fairies which you can also keep in a bottle they can uh save your ass if you are defeated in a boss fight or just in a level they can kind of bring you back to life but they don't fill you up fully so i still recommend going in the direction of having at least well yeah like using a, at least the red medicine if not the blue the green medicine fills up only magic the red medicine fills up your life all the way and the blue magic fills up both magic and uh your life and once you get later in the game and you're able to raise money faster there's all kinds of little tricks that uh there's some easy places you can go to screw around and get that uh, get a, a lot of money quickly um once you're able to do that, I recommend the blue one, especially the further and further in the game when you need more and more magic. Uh, there's also at least one heart container in this village where... So that's so I'm spending a bit of time in this village right now, unfortunately. <laughs> so you go kind of up to the northern... Yeah, it would be the northwestern corner of the village. There is... looks like a ledge you can jump off of into a pit. Uh, it's like a hole, basically. A hole that goes into the ground. Jump off. Woohoo! Fall in. And you'll get your first heart container. That's the treasure chest, one of the treasure chests anyway. First one, you get more is bombs for the first time, which is nice. 20 rupees and some more rupees, and that's good. So you can build up rupees fast, and I should have went here first. Um, yeah, I really should have. So then you go down. Go back up. And as you'll probably notice, there's no heart container in plain view, though. So the northern part of the room, basically, or upper part of the room. You'll notice there's a cracked wall. Bomb it with the bombs you got. Well, at least one of them anyway. And there, you go through, pick up some more rupees, which again, is, I'm kicking myself. I forgot about that. There's your first piece of heart. So instead of like some of the other Zelda games, like the first one, you get a heart container. It fills up a whole heart. Here is one-fourth. One-fourth. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a slower thing. And of course, when you press into the subscreen with the pause button or start button or whatever, you'll see where you're at with that one. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a bit of a ways to go. 24 pieces of heart eventually lead to, well, you know, a good number of hearts anyway as you move on in the game. And then you can max all that out. I'll do my best to make sure to let you know where all of them are. But maybe you don't have to know. <laughs> you can always use player's guides as well. But it's fun to talk about it as well on here. Now, before we go to the actual uh, place where the Elder is, which uh, right above him, or like a few screens above him, you have to, of course, go around first after you cross the bridge, so to speak, or whichever direction you're going, uh, you'll, find the, you'll find the medicine shop, or you'll see a witch outside, you know, 
stirring like a brew. She says, double, double toil and trouble making mushroom brew I am. Yeah, or later on when you get a mushroom in the forest, you can bring it to her for the magic powder. As for the person inside, the assistant lady, um, that's where all the medicine is. $120 or rupees, pardon me, for the red medicine. 60 for the green, 160 for the blue. Again, a great value once you're able to make enough money to consistently buy 160 Like, imagine going to the last level of the game and you have four blue uh, bottles. You have four bottles filled with the blue medicine. You are ready to rock and roll. You also get one of the strangest characters in the game. Some looking, kind of a Gumby-looking cactus type of thing where if you hit it, it just doesn't do any, you know, it, it damages you instead of you get damaging it. It's kind of electric, I guess. Uh, you can also put, sprinkle uh, that magic powder on that character and it'll start talking, saying stuff like, hey, Mon, or something like that. <laughs> you know me, I like short names the best. I don't know, it's weird and funny. Magic powder does some strange stuff. Uh, as the... As do one or two of the medallions on occasion. I've seen it change monsters into some weird stuff. Uh, it's funny, but it's weird at the same time. You'll notice a little hilly area kind of south of where the, uh, you know, southwest of the um, medicine shop is after you've just kind of showed up there. You can fight some of the, yeah, this is where you first see Octorox. It's like Zelda 1 all over again. The red Octorox that spit uh, rocks at you. They actually are very generous. Uh, they give you like five rupees quite often. The blue ones are, again, green is green is one, blue is five, and red is 20. Now I officially have enough to get the medicine, so I'm kind of backtracking, sorry. And also, as you head up, you'll notice your first ever uh, fairy as well, kind of as you're heading kind of towards where the uh, elder is eventually, like before you start getting into that hilly area where he is, there's a little cave and there's the, uh, the fairy. So you get to hear some fairy music now. And now, mercifully, I have reached the <laughs> the uh, the actual where, where, the, where the elder is. You'll also run into some Armist Knights from Zelda 1, where you get close to them, they kind of come to life, that kind of thing. So, cool stuff. There's the elder. He is Sahar... <laughs> I can't even say it. Sahasrala. There we go. Sahasrala. All right. Say that fast three times. The village elder and a descendant of the seven wise men. Oh, really? Link, I am surprised a young man like you is searching for the sword of evil's bane. Not just anyone can use that weapon. Legends say only the hero who has won the three pendants can wield the sword. And that is true because the pendants unlock the sword in the forest. Yes. So that's your first group of uh, levels are where you get the pendants. I actually enjoy this part of the game very much. And the dank uh, music in the labyrinths are very cool compared to when you're actually going after the crystals later on, which is, yeah, it's crystals that are holding on to the uh, seven maidens. Um, anyhow, I'm jumping ahead. Do you really want to find it? Of course. Yeah, of course. Good. As a test, you can retrieve the Pendant of Courage from the East Palace. Yep, that one's very close by. That's going to be our first major level here. If you bring it here, I will tell you more of the legend and give you a magical artifact. Now go forward to the palace. So ultimately, that magical artifact will be the Pegasus Boots, which open up a lot, uh, opens up a lot of things in the game. In fact, just being able to move fa faster, it's very helpful. Like when you see a bunch of bushes, you can just run right through them. 
also bomb the little uh, room behind, bomb yourself into the room behind the elder, I'll just say that instead of pronouncing his name again, and you can get 100 rupees, two 50, 50 rupee chests and some bombs, so why the heck not? Let's get to that palace now, immediately. I absolutely love the music in those palaces but also one thing if you're not sure where to go of course all you have to hit is the sub screen again and you'll see like a green pennant flashing later after you beat that level you'll see the other two pennants where to go as well so that's obviously a major thing to know as we head into that palace and all that good stuff in the palaces where you first see, see like floor switches you step on them that's going to be a major thing throughout the game some you step on and work right away. Others you have to put a heavy object on them as you get further in the game or not too far in. Sometimes a statue or even a block you have to create yourself with a uh, with one of the canes you get later on. That's another item uh, again. So you just kind of work your way through the level. You get all kinds of interesting bad guys like I don't know what these are. They look like upside down something. I don't know if they're turtles or plants or what the heck they are. But... Yeah, it's an interesting level, of course, and I, I like the green color and all that. kind of brings me back in the day to like when I first got this game in 92, 93. Most of it's simple. Like you see these balls coming out of the wall, like balls to the wall. Yeah, they're coming out of the wall. You just kind of go to the right or go to the left, and if there's the big one, you can kind of hide in between some of the... Uh, you can kind of tuck yourself in between the, the uh, railings and such as you're walking up. But, yep, so I'm not going to describe the entire level, otherwise the, of uh, each level, otherwise the show will be six hours long. So, that's why i got to be very careful about that. This is, of course, again, where you'll see stealth forces for the first time. This time they can jump and such as you're swinging at them, so quite obnoxious, to say the least. Like the original Zelda, you also run into areas where, oh, the rooms won't open, what's going on? Yep, that's where you just have to kill all the monsters on the screen. Simple concept. Items you find, again, are like compass and the map. That's very similar to Zelda 1. The compass shows you where to go, basically, for the last boss. It also can show you where, like, the, the big treasure is. Like, every level, just like in the original Zelda, has a major treasure, like the bow or this or that. But the new thing in this game is you have to get a large key to open the large treasure chest with the major treasure in it, like the bow or the raft or whatever. You know, like, in, um, this one doesn't have the raft, but, I mean, like, Zelda 1 did, of course. Uh, there's a little to, uh, little thing on the wall where it's almost like a, a mobile phone or like a, not a mobile phone, but like, you know, those uh, those uh, public phones. I forget what we even called those already because even though I used them, but it, he, uh, the elder <laughs> communicates with you telepathically, whatever. Here's a hint. You can use the treasure hidden in this palace to be the armored foes. Yeah, it's, it's the bow in there. It's the bow. And of course, I've already acquired some arrows along the way. Um, I'm in the major room now where the uh, treasure is, but of course I don't have the large key yet. Of course the large key serves multiple purposes, opening the large chest and the doors with the large keyhole. So again, make, make note of that, of course. 
So it's a very important item, <laughs> no doubt about it. And that'll be in every one of these levels leading all the way up to the end of the game. An interesting new feature in this game, when you actually get the uh, the big key in this level, there's a situation where you actually press on the... you you, <laughs> you, you uh, It's one of the floor switches you step on and a treasure appears. Now, that's not throughout the game all the time. It's just off and on bits and pieces, so it's different from other Zelda games, basically. So we officially have the big key for the first time in this game. I have the compass and the big key thus far. And now I officially have the bow for the first time. All right, all right. But of course, again, you're limited to how many arrows you have, but you start off with, uh, <clears throat> they give you 30 to start off, which is pretty generous. Of course, you can acquire them defeating monsters in the game. And now we'll kind of work our way up to the end of the level, if humanly possible. The map isn't 100% necessary, but if you get it, that's great. It's just one of those things. You also get extremely annoying monsters, especially in this part of the game, where they kind of look like they're sleeping, but as you get close, their eye opens up. You can only kill them by shooting them in the eye with an arrow. Sounds kind of scary and disgusting, but just like the Goma, uh, just like Goma in uh, Zelda Wine, it's like a crab kind of character. In uh, basically, it's multiple cases. Uh, so obviously, these these guys are dangerous. They can eat up a lot of power, so it can drive you absolutely nuts at times. <laughs> Be on the lookout for them, especially heading up into dark areas because they can come up on you pretty quick. And then you finally get to your first ever boss and you get to hear the boss music in all its glory. Ah, yes, the big armistice knights. Basically, all you do is, well, you kind of walk up to them a bit, wait for them to start to wake up. They all wake up. They jump around in a pattern. You just fire away with your arrow. Try to make contact if you can. Once you get in a rhythm, you should be fine. Because they're, all, you know, kind of a sequence thing. That way you won't run out of arrows and all that crap. <sighs> down to, it starts with five. You get down to the last one. The last one jumps around and it's harder to hit. So, again, try not to miss too much. If possible so <laughs> that's something to worry about as well yep he turns red takes a few shots but eventually you kill him and you get a full heart container for defeating the main boss of the level and there you go there's your first pennant now we can go back to the elder and get those pegasus boots awesome as you're getting them the elder starts talking saying basically oh you got the pennant of courage let me tell you the legend three or four generations ago, so we're grandparents or great-grandparents, cool, <laughs> in order of knights protected the royalty of the Hylia. These knights of Hyrule were also guardians of the Pennant of Courage. Unfortunately, most of them were destroyed in the Great War against evil that took place when the Seven Wise Men created their seal. Among the descendants of the knights of Hyrule, a hero must appear. I see. Link, I believe you. You should get the remaining penance and carry this with you. This is a treasure passed down by the families of the wise men. I want you to have it. So the wise men must have been running quickly. You can finally get the Pegasus boots. You can like crash into things. You can actually knock stuff out of trees. So Pegasus boots present a lot of uh, value and kind of open things up early on so you're not walking so dang slow through the uh, the level and all that or the level, the overworld, whatever the heck it is, uh, can be quite effective. You can also attack enemies. You can kind of burst through things. 
and of course burst through like uh you know the little bushes and such and like the village and wherever the heck else so for the sake of time i'm going to continue to <laughs> keep moving here i apologize don't want to let this show be uber long for no reason of me babbling and obviously an important note now you can go to the the map again and you can see where the other pennants are of course i strongly strongly recommend going to the southeast where the desert is and you can also get an area uh, around there where you can pick up uh, a lot of free rupees so i'll tell you about that shortly as we're heading in that direction you'll also notice it's kind of swampy in the actual south south part of the map and all that when you're walking around it's kind of swampy it's like thick grass you can walk through and all that and you also run into a few anomalies that disappear later in the game, like rat that look like rabbits jumping around. You can catch them by <laughs> basically cutting the uh, tall grass below them and going right beneath them, and you catch them. They say, all right, take it, thief. And they give you, like, a heart or a couple rupees or something. So one of the anomalies in the game. Basically, now you just kind of head to the left some more as you're heading towards the desert from the swampy area, and then you get to the secret spot. Unfortunately, <laughs> I forgot that something very important. You need to have one of the, you need to have the mitt or glove. Not the mitt, the glove. The mitts you get much later in the game after level four and the crystals. The crystal, well, you know, the dark world. Um, but the power glove, which sounds just like something from the end from the Nintendo, and I'm sure that was what they were planning on, is what lets you lift the big rocks that aren't dark colored. And uh, in there you can get the, um, the, uh, in there you can get rupees, rupees, rupees over and over and over again. There are five rupees. You go out, come back, go out, come back. It repeats and over and over and over again. And it's a really, really effective way to make money without really having to do much. Uh, so makes the game a lot easier once you know that little trick. A couple things of note, though, before we go to that desert labyrinth after the next uh, pennant, you actually can't get in yet without the book of, uh, <laughs> without the Hyrulean book. Uh, so on your way, having to go to the village, that's where you're going to have to go, and the uh, Pegasus boots come in handy. You come into the haunted forest where a young boy is playing in front of a bunch of uh, animals, and then if you walk up closely, the animals run away and the boy disappears. So it's that's why they call it the haunted grove, not haunted forest, but grove. That's kind of on your way to the village again from maybe, say, the south, south area. You're kind of heading northwest-ish towards the village. In the southern tip of the village, you can also uh, get the next heart piece, uh, piece of heart container, basically, by, well, you, there's two brothers that have sealed up their room, uh, sealed, like the, sealed the two rooms apart from each other because they were quarreling. You just bomb the door open, blah 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 which is cute and everything. You go in, and the other brother asks, oh, is he still mad at me or whatever? So they make up, I guess, supposedly. But then you go outside, and there's a girl standing there, uh, with a little game where basically you run through a group of uh, bushes and such with your sword to uh, in a certain amount of time and you can get the next heart piece. The best way to do that is with the Pegasus boots. So enjoy your next heart piece. From there you go a little bit north and you see another house or building or whatever it is with what looks like the uh, feather pen. You go in there, that's your library. And you'll notice one of the bookshelves has a green book on the top. Boom, knock it over when you with you basically dash into it with the Pegasus boots. Basically, all you do is hold on the A button to run fast. Uh, the book of Mudora. So that's basically a Hylia language. So it's kind of like a translation book. That way you can open up the passage into that desert uh, labyrinth to get the second pennant. And now we finally get to the, the stone tablet again. 
where this time we have the book. You just kind of, of course, select that in your Y button, whatever. Walk up to the tablet and press the Y button <laughs> to open the way to go forward. Make your wish here and it will be granted. That's all I had to do. Just kidding. Um, yeah, you have to have the book. So, of course, you get the cute little thing and you get to go in the, uh, the level. Stuff moves out of the way. It looks like lizard heads or something. But in you go to level two or whatever we can call it. The second place with the uh, pendants at the very least. Very simple indeed. And of course, once again, you get that dank uh, level music, which I like more than the uh, later on. The later on one's a little more serious. It may be more intimidating. This one, you open in a big room and just kind of avoid all the creatures that come up out of the sand. And your first look at the laser machine that you can't damage at all. And that, uh, you can, the only way you can block the lasers is with the mirror shield. Other than that, just kind of work your way through the level as best possible. There's a part where you'll notice a little key is on top of uh, what looks like a lamp, of course. Uh, treat it the same way you treated the book. Just dash into the lamp and down comes the key. Simple. This is also the first level in the game where you can actually go outside from a different door. But of course, in uh, the door to the right, if you fall down, you'd go back. You could potentially have to go back to the beginning of the level. But I suppose that's no major problem, really. It's just a couple of screens away, anyway. And now, amazingly, I already have the key, the map, and the compass. It didn't take too long on this level. Uh, of course, again, I'm <laughs> editing, editing it down because if I were to just keep doing every level, just kind of like a playthrough, this would be like a seven-hour YouTube video. That's not what I'm trying to do, of course. This is a podcast, and yeah, it's just a different story. But now we can go get the, the power glove, which is, of course, again, in the upper, uh, well, like in the, the first floor, so to speak, or basement one, I guess we call it in this game, uh, or well, in this level, anyway. It's the uh, farthest northwest room, of course. You probably already saw it anyway by the time... Uh, you know, by the time you get the big key and everything, you probably saw the big treasure first anyway. Very valuable item that uh, opens a lot of things up in the game as well. So, of course, with that gray power glove that looks oh so familiar to the NES era, this one's more efficient than that pile of junk whatever it could hope to be. Of course, you can pick up big rocks and such, and yeah, it, it just opens up a lot because there's big rocks blocking stuff everywhere. Big rocks and little rocks that are the lighter colored ones. The darker colored ones, you need the Titan's Mitt, which isn't until level four of the crystals, you know, or, you know, like after you get all the pennants and uh, the kind of the in-between part of the game where you wind up uh, opening up the Dark Land after beating Agnim for the first time. Yes, the first time. So now you go to the left area, the lower left area, and you go outside again. This time, uh, obviously, serves a purpose rather than falling out the edge. So you go through there. Now you have the uh, power glove so you can pick up rocks for the first time. And now you can go into this uh, next room, which actually opens things up, working your way to the end of the level, potentially. And this is also your first experience with the uh, floor tiles coming up to hit you. Uh, in some rooms later on in the game, you'll run into floor tiles where you have to wait till they all run out. And it, all, it always forms the shape of a skull, which is cute and everything, I guess, because it's just so evil. Um, and yeah, you can destroy them by swinging your sword. So I won't have to bring this up again in the future. But yeah, there's several rooms in, you know, l later levels where you'll have to wait till all the dang floor tiles run out before you can get out of the room, which is really annoying. But it is what it is, right? But like I said, this previous one, you don't have to. You just, as long as you have the key, you go through. If you don't have the key, well, you're screwed. If that was meant to rhyme, I'm not sure. And so you eventually work your way through 
where you know you're heading towards the boss area because there's always this monster looking carpet on the ground or design on the ground. You get to a room now after defeating the the red eye guy basically with the <laughs> with with the arrow. You have to shoot the red ones twice, the green ones once. There is no blue one apparently. Uh, this is the first time you'll actually need to light the lamps. So not scoring goals in the NHL, but uh, you have to light the four lamps. This one's much easier compared to what gets much harder later in the game where there's three or four lamps like all lower the room and they're hard to reach and there's all kinds of obstacles and it's there's a time limit because the lamps burn out or whatever they go out in this case they're all right next to each other pretty much just one two three four the wall moves there's your uh, door with the big key and in you are with the monster it's basically like the worms in uh zelda one but more 3d effect in a sense kind of sort of kind of sort of because they can go up and down you have to wait for them to come down and of course avoid the rocks when they come out which is really obnoxious uh, if you don't have medicine, you just might lose and have to go back and heal up, which would be annoying, but it shouldn't take all that long once you have the uh, power glove and all that to get back to the room, should you be so unlucky. So now apparently I have won the blue pennant, which is the pennant of power. So that leaves one more, which I believe would be wisdom. That's the red one. So courage, wisdom, and power. Courage, of course, was the other triforce that you get in uh, Zelda two that's the first time you ever see uh, three triforces together so there you go two down and one to go when it comes to the penance to get to the master sword you'll notice when you look at the map that way up in the north central part of the map <laughs> up in the mountain range there is the final pendant and that's where we're headed next but before we go Go to a little cave before you say you jump down from like where the uh, where level two was. We could call it level two. Go in a cave that's a little bit right to it. You know, a little bit east or a little bit to the right. Go inside. You'll notice uh, after going into the next room or so, there's an old man that looks just like the elder, but it's not him. I used to think it was him. Like, how did he get over here? But here, or he's just wandering around the world. But um, you're in that room. But in the southern part of the room or lower part of the room, you could bomb the wall. Go down inside there. And guess what? Another heart container. Enjoy. Or heart peace. Pardon me. Heart peace. So let's, uh, as they say, go north, young man. Of course, again, there's one last thing before we get there. Let's get to that little thief's cave or thief's room or whatever it is. Thief's cave. So there's a couple of big blo uh, rocks around. There's basically, as you start heading to the east, you'll see two big rocks. One, below, uh, one above the other, basically, directly above each other, basically. Um, you know, one high, one low. You'll get in a little uh, cave or room or whatever it is. And every pot, uh, uh, when you pick them up, has a blue rupee underneath. Five rupees per. So you can rack up money very quickly. The thief says, check out the cave east of Lake Hylia. Strange and wonderful things live in it. Yep. So, yeah, I know one of the areas, there's a, well, there's two, there's like two rooms in that cave. One has uh, a bunch of little fairies and the other thing has the ice rod. You can actually get the ice rod super early in the game. But again, here, once you pull the rock up, the, the place is exposed at least first time around. In our, yeah, as long as you stay on the same screen, you can keep going back in and go in and collect money forever if you want to. You don't have to, but you can. It's a very effective way. There's always the archery game and the later stages, uh, once you get to the dark world, that's more frustrating than anything. It's fun if you want to test your skills, but it's frustrating. Right here, this is easy and simple, and it really doesn't even take that long. You can build up quite a bit of money in quite a hurry. It's like 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 
40, 45, 50. Yep, so it's 50 rupees every time you go in and out of the room. So again, it doesn't really even take that long. You can build like 500 rupees in no time. I'm already at 617 myself. So being able to get blue medicine or red medicine or whatever you want to do. Right now, I don't think you need blue, but later in the game, it used to seem like a daunting task. But once you realize uh, this little area here this is a game changer this room it changes the entire game makes it a lot easier so if i don't mention it i'm doing you a disservice you'll also notice there's a guy very close by uh sitting next to a sign you know he looks kind of like a homeless person or something uh turns out yeah it says there's a sign next to him that says pay no attention to the average middle-aged man standing by the sign leave him alone so but really at the end of the day he is he's actually a former thief and he, you can use him to uh, pickpocket, open a, a treasure chest that doesn't open, that you find in the uh, the village in the Dark World. So, like, the Dark World version of the village. And, of course, the Dark World is basically a parallel universe, or whatever the heck you'd call it, you know, um, reality, you know, parallel universe to what this is, the Light World. Uh, so, a lot of stuff is, like, in the same spot when you change worlds, so to speak. So, that's one of the themes of this game. And of course, before you go to the Tower in the Mountains, basically, Tower of Harask, basically it's called, um, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, I apologize if not, <laughs> I'll correct myself later. <laughs> Let's go to the Medicine Place first, of course, in the northeast area, so to speak, of the map. I think you probably know where it is by now, I would hope. Make sure you have medicine of some sorts. Uh, and then also, before we do that, we have another errand to get to. Let's get the flippers, of course, since with, you got all that money you built up in that little cave, at least I hope you did, 500 rupees it's going to cost to get some flippers. Let's get Zora's flippers now that we have access to other portions of the game that we didn't before. So by the medicine place, there's the big rock, pick it up, and then just kind of keep working your way northeast, northeast, northeast. And once you get northeast enough, you'll notice uh, the screen changes. So yep, you'll, it'll look like a dead end, but it's not. Just keep going up that water there. Clearly it's not a dead end. Uh, again, as you get further and further northeast. And then you hear kind of like a running water sound. You're kind of like in a shallow water area, rapids and all that stuff. You can get a heart container here and the flippers. Heart containers in like the southernish area in the, uh, you know, in the Zora land, basically, you can say it. Because this is where Zora is. Of course, Zora was also known as the these fish characters that shoot water at you. But that's like the King Zora or Queen Zora that uh, sells you the flippers way up in the, again, northeast section of this shallows area. And as you're kind of walking north along the shallow area, because of course you can't swim yet, the shallow area is obviously the uh, lighter colored blue water. You can walk in that, the dark stuff you can't yet until you get the flippers. You just can't swim yet, dang it. And to be honest, you actually can't get the heart container until you get the flippers, you have more mobility. So again, you work all the way to the northeast area, there's kind of like an earthquake type of a thingy mabob. Out comes a big giant Zora. And she says, she, it's, it is a female. Wah ha ha. What do you want, little man? Do you have something to ask me? I want the flippers. Well, how do I know she had the flippers? I guess you just know. And, uh, well, give me 500 rupees. They ain't free, basically, she says. Okay, I'll take them. Doggone it, because I build up my money. And money's not much of an issue, because all I got to do is go in a cave and collect 50 rupees and go in a cave and collect 50 rupees again and again and again and again and again. So... The flippers. Now that you got the rock and the flippers, a lot of stuff has opened up. You can swim now. Ain't that cool? Unfortunately, you can't dive underneath like in uh, Zelda Link's Awakening. That was a really cool feature in that game. But, uh, well, that's a, that's a year in the future, damn it. This is 92. 
the way to get the uh, heart container is you kind of go over the waterfall that's right beneath where Zora was and then wander around in the shallow area until you get to kind of like what looks like landish. Yeah, but now you can actually go into kind of like a, it's like an island or peninsula or whatever. And there's the heart container. Bada bing, bada boom, to your left. And if you gathered the other heart pieces that I mentioned, I keep calling it heart container, but heart pieces that I mentioned before, you have a full heart. And now you have seven, seven hearts. You can also go to one of the little waterfalls of wishing, I believe. I believe I can find it around here somewhere where you can go inside and <clears throat> upgrade your boomerang this early in the game. Pretty cool, eh? But of course, that little waterfall of wishing is in another area. It's not in that shallows or whatever area. I believe you're actually not far away from it. Yeah, you go out of that shallows area and go right in the waterfall to your left. And there's a waterfall of wishing where you can throw items in the little mysterious pond. Um... First thing you throw here is your blue boomerang, and you get a magical boomerang this early in the game, which goes all the way across the screen when you throw it instead of like one fourth. So quite a difference. Of course, tell her that you're, you know, that yeah, you're the one that dropped it. Don't lie. She'll give it back to you as a red boomerang because you're such a nice, honest person. Um, you can also fill up your bottle with magic medicine if you want to, the green one. But eh, you know, it's nice to have, but not necessarily the most exciting thing. And arguably more valuable than the shield, uh, than the shield, arguably more valuable than the uh, red boomerang is the fact you can actually throw your blue shield in as you continue to select through the items, you know, boom, 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 you know, scrolling to the left or whatever with your D-pad. Throw in your little shield and you get the $300 value red shield in return, which deflects against fireballs. So massive, massive benefit to finding this cute little place and, of course, getting the flippers in the first place. So doors opening up better items all right let's probably and odds are you might need medicine again but before you even need to go there you can actually get another bottle by swimming around screwing around and eventually going underneath the bridge close to the castle where there's you know like a hobo or whatever you'd call that kind of person or just a guy chilling on a day off i guess because he maybe doesn't work or whatever and he gives you an empty bottle so that's another bottle you could get and then now you have two bottles to use to uh you know fill up the, uh, to, to get uh, red or blue or green medicine in. And yes, be sure, again, it's the uh, bridge by the castle, not the brown one, unfortunately, kind of on your way to the castle. That one's no good. There's little rocks around it, and you can't access anything underneath there. So it is what it is. It's a cute little uh, secret, though, when you get to the castle. That's where you get the second empty bottle. The second empty bottle, so more room for medicine. You can get up to four throughout the game, and we'll continue to uh, talk about that. The fourth one is actually where is the uh, treasure chest that doesn't open that you get in the village, so cool stuff. Now, you might be wondering, how the heck do I even get under the bridge? There's all this, you know, you can't even get to the water. Well, you have to go to the right and south a bit for a while, kind of following the, the path of the water, maybe fill up at the, uh, with the uh, ferry first, the little room that we talked about a while ago, and then kind of swim your way back up and to the left, and you get to the bridge, and then you finally get your second empty bottle. And of course, like I said, be sure to fill them up with medicine. You're going to need them heading into that tower. It's not the easiest level in the world. Uh, the game just gets harder and harder and harder in increments. That's again why, of course, you get more and more heart containers, heart pieces, blah 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 Let's head to that darn tower now, or at least in the general direction. There's even more stuff to do around that area. Well, at least I believe so. <laughs> One final thing to note that I should say that I may not have mentioned earlier is in the uh, in the the medicine shop the little 
witch or helper or whatever actually fills up your power as well if you're not uh, healed so so to speak if you have you know you've been damaged a little bit yeah they will they'll say here's a sample of the red one he he so just so you know you can actually heal yourself if you didn't know that already in the uh, little uh, witch's hut or whatever the, the medicine hut so to really start working your way into the mountain range you got to go to the northwest you got to go to kind of like go northwest high up in the screen kind of to where you can see little houses and such but well really little what look like little cave openings and such to the western side of the mountain range and also check by the little yellow house first that's where there are the uh the two lumberjacks and you get to the goofy buck tooth looking uh lumberjacks going down a tree together saying yo link a mysterious fog has recently taken over the forest or fallen over the forest we have to be careful that's one of them the other guy says Maybe it's nothing, but this tree feels kind of strange as we cut it. Yes, uh, later on there'll be a heart container in there. It's hollow. You can kind of knock. Uh, you can kind of knock it. Uh, basically, the top will fall off, and you jump in and or jump in basically or dive in, so to speak. And down there is uh, another heart piece. So make note of that. That happens not too far in the game from now. And as you notice, the little cave above them, ab above the lumberjack's house. You'll walk in and you'll see a heart container sitting on a ledge. And like, how the heck do I get there? Well, that's through that tree. So later on, not too long from now. And apparently there's fairies as well, because you can hear the fairy music playing in the background. And now to finally work your way into that stupid mountain system, you kind of go down to the, <laughs> you go down a little bit, little like down one screen and you see a little sign, danger, do not enter Death Mountain without the king's permission. So you disobey the king even because, well, he's not around right now. And of course, well, we're eventually trying to help the king and his daughter and all them. So, yeah, you go in the, the cave hole, so to speak, and you kind of work your way through the mountain system as best possible. Your main goal here is to kind of work your way to the right as quickly as you can. Like, you don't want to go up as much. You want to go pretty much in the lower area as you're heading right, if that makes sense. And you meet up with an old man who kind of, again, kind of guides you where to go. Uh, he's saying he lost his lamp. So you're both basically helping each other. Simple, simple concept. He also tells you that uh, many people have vanished uh, while looking for the golden power, you know, in the, in the mountains and such. So, because this is where kind of like uh, there's a kind of a portal to the golden land. Uh, unfortunately, it ends up being the dark land right now because of uh, what Ganon has done. So, yeah, we'll find out shortly as to why people have vanished while in the mountain area. It also turns out that his granddaughter is uh, one of the, uh, the seven maidens that was captured. So, well, there you go. He's in that same bloodline. Ooh. And once you're able to get him to his home, after you go outside and basically go back into like, uh, well, yeah, go outside, head to the right a little bit. There's what looks like a door to more of like a home, like like a homey look versus just a cave door. He gives you the mirror. And again, that is a way to get back to the light world from the dark world, which unfortunately everyone else in the dark world that's trapped there can't use because, well, they don't have the magic mirror. Somehow this guy does. So pretty cool. This also becomes a starting point in the future, say when you save and quit. This is one of the other options, the mountain area, the uh, sanctuary, and Link's home. And the cool part is this man will fill you up as well. You just talk to him. He says the wizards has deceived the king, and now he is trying to open the way to the dark world. Yep, see, now there's the first time you're hearing about the dark world versus the golden land. It used to be the golden land, now it's the dark world. And it becomes the golden land again when you beat the game. Spoiler alert, uh, spoiler alert pardon me. To complete your quest, you will need the Moon Pearl, which is in the tower at the top of the mountain. All I can do for now is comfort your weariness. Come back anytime. And thank you. I 
graciously accept you comforting my weariness. Yeah, the moon pearl, that's in that tower we're going to get to. And that prevents you from turning into a different creature when you go to the dark world. We'll find about that very shortly. So generally speaking, so you don't get lost in the mountain range, uh, it's just you're just kind of looking to go up as most as possible. And then you see where a heart container is. On top of what is Spectacle Rock, this is actually where Death Mountain is in the future, so to speak, in Zelda 1. Yeah, Zelda 1. Spectacle Rock, Death Mountain is actually in there, believe it or not. Technically, this is all the Death Mountain range in a lot of ways. You go in the uh, cave hole on Spectacle Rock. Again, the little heart containers at the top ledge. Go in there, avoid the... Well, actually, you can't yet. You need a hook shot first. So there's a heart container in here as well. I'm wrong. Yeah, so you get the hook shot later. Apologies. <laughs> Yeah, I get confused sometimes. It's been a little bit since I played this. Yeah, but instead you actually go to the right. There we go. And then there's your portal. This is where people have vanished. Like I was saying, it'll come up very shortly. A blue portal. You are now officially in the dark world. And you're a rabbit. You're not a human. You're a rabbit. Guess what? But, yep, then you meet up with this little mushroom-looking guy. He's like, oh, who are you, Mr. Bunny? like the real world but evil has twisted it the golden power is what changed your shape to reflect what is in your in your heart and mind so i guess i'm a rabbit i must be a fast person i am always changing my mind so i turn into a ball but if you have the a ball called the moon pearl you can keep your original shape yep so that's the purpose of the moon pearl so he'll be link even in the dark land then you have another guy who looks like a rhinoceros he's a bully basically he says what do you want do you have something to say to me silly rabbit well, tricks are for kids. That's what I'm going to tell you. Okay, well, I guess he was telling me that. Anyhow, I came here to get the power of gold, but now I'm a freak and I can't go back to the real world. If I only had the moon pearl from the Tower of Hera, Hera, I, I think I called it Herat, but Hera, sorry, I could go back to my original shape. I've got good reason to be stressed out, so back off. Shoo, shoo. And he's kicking the little ball guy around, which is mean. So you get to kind of the area, you can see it's Spectacle Rock kind of in reverse in a sense. Just uh, stand kind of in the middle of it or so, upper middle of it, and use the the uh, use the mirror for the first time, and there's your heart piece right next to you, and then you just jump down the upper part, and there's your tower. Interesting. If you wish to explore towards the right, you can't yet. I mean, you, you can go there, but then you'll notice your way is blocked. That's when you get the hammer. Uh, you'll need the hammer to knock down those pieces of wood, basically. Smash them downward. Um, you get that at the end of level one in, or after this. It's like the next group of uh, labyrinths. You go to the right. You see a... Yep, you could probably get your first... Um, yep, so you get the book out. You can see it's that Helia thing again. That uh, It's basically a green stone tablet. Pull out the book. Hold up the Master Sword and you will get the Magic of Ether. But unfortunately, we don't have the Master Sword yet. So, 
we can come back later when we get the Master Sword. That's when you get one of the medallions. Let's get into the Tower of Hera immediately. No more messing around. It's the only option, number one. This is where you first run into these crystal-like looking things that change from blue to red every time you whack them with your sword or an arrow or a boomerang or a bomb, anything. But sometimes you got to strategize where to use, and I'm not going to babble on and on about that too long. You can kind of figure that on your own. And you also notice every time you hit it, it turns red. The brownish, orangish uh, tiles are in the are down, and the blue ones are up, and they become barriers. And then you hit it again, it turns blue, the blue ones are down, and the brownish ones are up. So again, that's another thing you kind of figure out as you play the game. There's stairs up and stairs down, uh, so we'll just kind of go from there. One new monster in this level is like a worm-looking thing that's moving around, and spoiler alert, there's a very large one of those is your boss in this level, not things that jump up out of the desert, like uh, level two, so to speak, where you get the blue medallion, apparently the medallion of power. Uh, did I call it medallion? Uh, pendant. So now you're getting the pendant of wisdom basically on the top here. Um, but yes, that's a spoiler alert. That worm has become, it's a much larger one for the final boss at this level. This level is not a labyrinth, it's a tower. So there are six floors, that's something also to make note of. The levels usually aren't very tall, or aren't very wide. So it's kind of self-explanatory, just work your way up and collect items along the way. Simple concept, really, quite honestly. And of course, the crystal crystal ball type things, or whatever you want to call them, orbs or whatever. Whack them with your sword, arrow, or uh, arrow boomerang, or even throw a bomb at it. That's another trick that you can do, like if you're blocked, but there's a crystal thing, maybe you can't reach it, you can throw a bomb at it, and maybe if the smoke is in range of it, it'll count as a hit. So, something to make note of. Another thing you see for the first time are these, uh, I, well, they're not slimes, they're much tougher than slimes. They're kind of almost like Mario beetles or something. They're blue. Uh, they'll eventually die, but they also jump back really hard when you hit them. They bounce back, kind of Castlevania effect, we'll call it. And you could knock them down the hole, but you wouldn't get a special or like a treat, like a heart or a rupee potentially. Or God knows what else if you, if you do that. But at least you get rid of them. Later on, you'll run into red ones that cannot be killed. You can only knock them off the edge of something. Another new thing in this level, you'll see stars on the ground and certain tiles. The stars change the location of holes, uh, holes basically, holes that you could fall into. So going from one area to another has another way to guide you through. Unfortunately, I need a big key to even get through the door, so i got to go back. <laughs> you'll also see uh, fire-breathing what look like tyrannosauruses, maybe? Small tyrannosauruses or rhino rhinoceroses, whatever you want to call them. Uh, that's another new monster in this level. I should mention there's one other way to uh, trigger the uh, switch orbs or balls or whatever you call them. You can throw pots at them as well. And eventually you get the big key down in the basement or basement or first floor or whatever the heck it is. So you can move on. So you pretty much have the big key most of the level once you get that thing. Along with the map in the very first room in the upper area. And this is probably the first level being you have the ups and downs and such. I suppose you'll see it all over the game and such. But I'll just mention it now so we don't have to talk about it too much later is... Um, again, avoid the pits unless you're okay with falling down to the level below. So, like, say you're on level 2, if you fall into the pits, you can see there's stuff down there, like another floor down there. You fall down, now you're on level 1. So, it's a nuisance, it's annoying, and it's something you'll be dangling with for most of the game. Just to, obviously, heads up for you. You'll probably figure that out the hard way anyway a few times. You'll also notice you can't reach the moon pearl no matter what you do with the whole start. So, what you want to do, for the most part here, from what I remember, yeah... You want to leave it alone, leave the stars where they were, where the hole is like, uh, there's enough 
there's a lot of floor basically in between the big treasure and you know yeah the the not the closest hole so to speak this is where falling can be to be your your benefit so you basically kind of take a wild guess and set up the stars in the floor above where it's kind of like close to the center of the room you have it fall you do want to trigger the star at least once from what i know yes and there's one that's kind of in the upper center of the room go down it and there is your moon pearl ladies and gentlemen all you can do now unfortunately is fall down to the level below but or actually no you don't have to my bad um the, the hole moves somewhere else so now you can continue in the game you have your moon pearl and you don't have to worry about turning into a silly rabbit ever again you can eat tricks now so you at least you can eat tricks when you go to the dark world that's a huge huge benefit going forward and you can use your sword too one thing that will drive you nuts as well is you notice there's a bunch of pots with uh, the, you know, the orange barrier tiles, whatever, blocking the way. If they're blocking the way, you'll want to go down, backtrack a bit, and hit the crystal one more time so that area is opened up. Because under every single one of those pots, uh, you know, before you get to the, uh, the boss level, we'll have a heart. Of course, as the AVGN might say, save those bleepers up. Use what you need, but save the things up because that worm may knock you down and you'll want to get uh, restored some more. And of course, you'll also learn the hard way as well. Don't run into those uh, silver-looking burgers. They're basically like, I don't know, they're like a trampoline type of thing that'll knock you back into a pit. So just avoid that. Again, get the hearts that you need and then head towards that obnoxious worm. As of course, you see that uh, big, mean-looking thing on the ground, like a skull with the ram horns. That means it's the boss up, up above or in the next room or whatever the heck. So of course, as you can see, the worm, the big giant worm can knock you into the pit, uh, well, the pit, you knock you down to the next floor, which is annoying as hell, because you know what sucks? You're damaged, sure, but he won't remain damaged. Uh, the way to kill him, or damage him, so to speak, is to hit his tail, and that's about it. Just fight, 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 and hope for the best, and angle yourself properly so you don't fall down. Otherwise, you're going to be annoyed as hell for a long time. And yes, he speeds up, so that's the hard part of it all. And once you're able to whack his tail six times, oh, after the fifth time, he, of course, goes crazy, like I said. You're able to finish him off and get the final pennant. Oh, and now your next place, your next destination is the castle itself to get to that second floor, so to speak, and knock your way through the barrier. Well, that is your eventual next level. Your actual real next destination is the woods to get the Master Sword. That might help first. My apologies. The good news is the woods aren't all that far away. Just kind of work your way down the mountains and the range and all that cute stuff. Basically kind of backtrack where you've been going as the woods are just above the... And you can also jump off ledges and such to go even faster uh, with the mountain situation. But uh, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, it's just above the village, basically, the, uh, the, the woods area. There's a couple of entrances, but now you get to hear one of the cooler songs in the game that unfortunately only lasts when you're going after the Master Sword. If 
in fact you get lost in the mountain range and it's really easy to do trying to get back because it's actually harder to get back than to get up there so to speak sometimes just save and quit hell with it just kind of save and quit that way you just continue from the sanctuary you're basically right next to the woods so you kind of go from there but now that we're there let's start chasing down that sword baby as you can see there's multiple entrances but i recommend the one that's way on the uh we'll call it the southwest area or so to speak not uh not right above the village because those you need more uh you know you need more items to get through and such but that can be very valuable later to get uh special items earlier when uh and i'll kind of tell you some of that trick later but being in the uh lost woods for the first time is a pretty cool experience you'll see a lot of fake look you'll see a lot of swords like oh this is the master sword no it's it can't and you can't do anything with it either watch out for the obnoxious thief that comes running around he'll knock into you and steal random items that come out of your uh steal random items that come out of you basically after bumping you so basically work your way further and further towards the you could call it the northwest and kind of around the center area as you're working your way up you'll find the magic mushroom that can obviously give you the magic powder later when you bring it to that medicine hut where the witch is outside making mushroom brew she is as she's stirring so yep eventually she'll give you that uh um magic powder which has all kinds of interesting effects and such so it's a valuable item you better get it uh, and it doesn't use up a whole lot of magic either the magic mushroom smells like rotten fruit yuck um you can give this to anyone who wants it well okay and that would be that witch because she's making mushroom brew she is sorry i can't resist and when you're in the area where the master sword is you will know it because the screen kind of does its thing and opens up and then a uh, kablooey <laughs> there's the master sword Without the Book of Madura, no, without the Book of Madora, you cannot <laughs> access the Master Sword, but now you have full access. You have the penance, you have the book. Take the book out, press the Y button, and enjoy the uh, fun moment. The hero's triumph on Cataclysm's Eve wins three symbols of virtue. The Master Sword he will then retrieve, keeping the knight's line true. So basically go up behind and become like King Arthur or whatever and draw the Excalibur, I mean Master Sword. And then you are contacted telepathically by the Elder saying, wow, that's amazing that you were able to get the sword, basically the Master Sword. With this shining, shining sword, I believe you can defeat the Wizard's Evil Powers and all that so it's a great feeling the destiny of this land is in your hands please link and then later on you're going to hear something else but uh the master sword is the first sword in the game now well because you notice it says level two you can go all the way up to level four it's all the master sword but it gets powered up a couple times later on um and now it actually shoots out uh you know shoot it's like you know shoots out like a uh, a shot basically kind of like in zelda one when your power is full and in zelda two um, now you get a message from the priest, basically, in the sanctuary. Link, help, the soldiers are coming to the sanctuary. Aye, and that's not good. So, obviously, Princess is getting taken away. And, unfortunately, the priest is injured very badly. Funny, you can actually get the mushroom again, but it doesn't matter. It's the same. Nothing changes. You just get it again for whatever reason. I don't know why they even bothered to do that. Kind of dumb. Uh, there's also a little, like, a thief's hut, of course. So there's the hut, but then you can also cut the bushes around, and in the center you'll fall in, and there's a heart container. So, or heart piece, if I ever say it correctly. So, good thing I didn't forget to mention that. Very important item, of course, is a uh, heart piece you get 
in the thief's hut. Uh, the guy says, hey kid, this secret hideout is for uh, a gang of thieves. Don't enter without permission. By the way, I heard that one of your our ex-members is staying at the entrance of the desert. So again, that's the guy that can open up the treasure chest where the key's locked inside. And of course, the uh, magic bottle is there. Well, the fourth empty magic bottle is in there. Cool. You get past to this, uh, back to the sanctuary. And unfortunately, yep, uh, the priest says, Link, you are a second too late. I have failed Zelda. I have failed Zelda. The soldiers have abducted her. They have taken her to the castle. You must find her before the wizard works his magic. Please, you are our only hope. And then he dies, I guess. But I guess in the end, spoiler alert, he's alive again. So a lot of evil things that took place, including to the king, are reversed. So, ooh, it's kind of almost like uh, when the witch gets killed or defeated in the, the Narnia series. So, of course, as you heard, let's just head our way to the castle. And remember what I talked about earlier? There was, like, looked like a magical thing blocking your way, kind of lightning-looking thing blocking your way once you got to the second floor outside of the castle. Like, you're on the second floor, kind of on the roof of the first floor. There's a door that's blocked. Well, now the Master Sword can penetrate that, so that's our next goal, no doubt. And it literally took me about two seconds when storming into the castle. You just kind of head to the right up and up the stairs you know, to the next screen, up the stairs and all that stuff. And then you just whack that electronic-looking magic barrier, and you're in the uh, the real level now. And there's an all-seeing eye on the ground. Ooh. Doesn't quite have the triangle around it or, or below it or anything, but close enough. It's not something I would want in my house. Let's just leave it at that. A fully charged Master Sword, or say you're fully charged, comes in extremely handy against the, uh, you know, the soldiers with the Morning Stars. You just blast away. Um, it seems to take a little longer, unfortunately, but whatever. At least you don't risk getting hit by the Morning Star and all that. You pretty much follow the red carpet, and it's nothing too crazy, nothing too complicated until you work your way up to Agnahim himself. I guess there's one interesting new monster. It's basically an eye with little tiny bat wings. That's kind of a funny-looking thing. I like it. And it's another level where you're going to depend on lighting some of the lamps and all that to light up the dark rooms. Otherwise, all you have is the bulb in front of you, which is kind of annoying. So, it's good to at least have some light in some of these rooms to have a clue where you're walking because you can fall down the edge and all that crap. So, yeah. And some of the soldiers are like, kind of like, almost like creatures you'd find in, uh, I don't know, Narnia or something. Otherwise, I guess it's just a, maybe it's a fancy helmet. I don't know. It's either that or something you'd see in Narnia, like, a, you know, Minotaur or something. Some kind of uh, uh, fictional, mythical kind of creature that basically behaves like a soldier as well. And now you get to hear some of the more dramatic music, and a lot of times they call it Ganon's Message. I can play it now and I can play it later. Maybe I'll play it at both times, because these are very significant confrontations. Here we go. through the door for your confrontation for the first time anyway with Aghanim and there's Zelda on the altar or whatever you would call it aha Link I've been waiting for you <laughs> I was hoping I could make Zelda vanish in front of your eyes behold the last moment of Princess Zelda as he levitates her up in the air in his evil ways 
casts a magic spell, basically it kind of absorbs her, so to speak, and voila, she is gone. But not really. She's in the dark world and sealed in those crystal-shaped things in the uh, the level, the seven levels that you'll be in in the next part of the game. We'll call that chapter two, so to speak. This is the end of chapter one as we wrap up this battle. Ho, ho, ho. So I guess he's trying to be Santa Claus. With this, the seal of the seven wise men is at last broken. It is now only a matter of time before evil power covers this land. After all, the legendary hero cannot defeat us, the tribe of evil. When we are armed with the power of gold, ho, 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 now I must go. And here's the easiest thing of all time. You notice there are basically curtains here. There's our three curtains. There's one on the left. Oh, there's nothing behind it. There's one on the right. Oh, there's nothing behind it. And the center one, what a coincidence, there's a door. Wow. And here we go. Time for a battle in a windowed type room up in the top. You could call it the executive branch, but there's no desk. There's no anything. It's just like a big giant, uh, well, it's a room where you can fight a battle. Aghanim says, oh, so you mean, <laughs> you mean to say you would like to be totally destroyed? Well, I can make your wish come true. Well, I can make your wish come true as well and disappoint you. As he casts magic spells, the ball-shaped, wormy-looking thing that comes at you, you can deflect back with your Master Sword. So kind of aim appropriately, if you can. You're kind of like playing baseball. You want to hit it up the middle, you know. You want to hit it up the middle in order to actually make contact with Aghanim. So think of it that way. But watch out. Occasionally you'll cast a lightning-shaped thing. And if it's like a like kind of a ball-shaped thing, like a bunch of little blue balls, just stay away. The lightning thing, you almost can't avoid it. It's kind of like not cool. Almost, uh, it's it's tough. It, you almost have to absorb the damage because you want to be lined up with him in case he does cast the deflectable uh, spell to defeat Agnim. So that's just kind of how that goes. You just kind of keep going and going and going. It's not the hardest battle of all time, of course not. There's much harder battles coming, and the ball thing, you know, the multi balls thing, you can hit and just watch them deflect away. Whatever, you know, you're, luckily your red shield absorbs it. A lot of people don't have a red shield this early in the game, so consider yourself fortunate that you have pals, you know, Joey telling you about the Waterfall of Wishing real early, eh? Ugh, feel like I've hit him about 50 times. And yes, you want to have medicine, of course, before you come here. Luckily, I had not used any in the Tower of Hera. Uh, otherwise, I would have had to make a little stop. And Aghanim has turned blue. He says, Grug, well met. Well met, my son! Yeah, that's uh, Castlevania, sorry. Like the true hero that you are, but I am not ready to admit defeat yet. I will draw you into the dark world. Na-na-na-boo-boo. He spins away and just kind of does his thing. And yes, you are drawn into the dark world. A beautiful sunset, but it looks kind of like, uh, actually, like some of our summers, or especially in California, I'm sure, but summers when there's a fire somewhere. Somewhere, usually in the west, sometimes in the north, but usually in the west, some kind of huge fire, wildfire going on, and the sky is all kind of pinkish, brownish, reddish, and all that stuff. Um, yeah, that's what it kind of looks like. So this is what happens when you don't listen to Smokey, you understand me. So now uh, the elder, as I'll continue to not try to mispronounce his name, says, Link, it is I, the elder, I am communicating to you across the void through telepathy. Ooh. What, is he th what does he think he gets? Counselor Troy? I'm just kidding. The place where you now stand was the Golden Land, but the evil power turned it into the Dark World. 
The wizard has broken the wise man's seal and opened a gate to link the worlds at Hyrule Castle. So yes, basically like when we were walking through the, it's kind of like a, I don't know, like a gate basically. Now, unfortunately, if you try to walk through that, you get transferred to the dark world immediately. So, and that's fine because you need to be in the dark world the majority of the time to beat the levels. But of course, there's a lot of items to get in the light world as well. And of course, you take advantage of the possibility of switching between the two worlds um, in order to get certain items like heart containers and this item and that item, like medallions and such. So we'll discuss that as we continue in this show. I can't believe I'm already an hour and a half plus in, and this is all the further I am. So I'm going to try to be very careful to keep my babbling short in the levels. Again, the intro was long, and of course, a lot of the, uh, you know, I was kind of introducing you to a lot of the intricacies of the game. The rest of the way, hopefully, it won't be won't be, won't be uh, uh, six times longer here doing the rest of the levels. So, again, as I continue to babble, he says, in order to save this half of the world, the light world, you must win back the golden power. You must also rescue the seven maidens who Agnim sent to the dark world as members of the bloodline of the seven wise men. They have the power that will surely help you. They will surely help you. <laughs> the maidens are locked in hidden dungeons full of evil creatures and dangerous traps. Imagine that. The Palace of Darkness should be your first goal in this world. Link, I can rely only on you. Please make this old man's wishes come true. I beg you. I beg you to. Um, the good part is your map will work here as well. And you notice there's only one level so far. After you beat that one, you'll see all the others. But yeah, that way they encourage you to go to that one. And it does show one through seven or two through seven or whatever as you pursue uh or as you continue to maneuver through the uh you know the game basically um so that's your first destination to be quite frank in the dark world because unfortunately there's a lot of things that are not going to be accessible in this place yeah big surprise right as you get murder uh more and more items when you get the titans mid later on that's a huge huge difference maker when you get that because now you can pick up the darker colored rocks and skulls and stuff whereas before you couldn't i guess they're heavier than the lighter colored ones i guess and again maneuvering through this and maneuvering through that to get heart container or heart pieces pardon me and other very very important items That'll make a massive difference for you the rest of the game. With all of that said, I'm realizing this show is going to be very, very long. So with respect to you and to this podcast, I will be splitting this particular episode into three parts. So this is the end of part one. Stay tuned for part two coming up as we get into those <laughs> get into those palaces in the dark world and continue from there. Part three will be the final stages and such, along with the feedback segment. So thank you so, so very much for listening to the show and stay tuned as this episode will continue week by week.